Super Talk Mississippi media production. Moondog Makers and Bakers Catering Services. Taking ordinary to extraordinary. Personal and home private nights to massive events. From wood-fired pizzas to full gras. Get your three-pack spice blend of moon dust, moon crust, and moon rocks. Hashtag what is Moondog? Familiar food done differently. This is Rebecca Turner, and thank you for listening to the Good Things Podcast here on Super Talk Mississippi. It's Mississippi's Radio Happy Hour. Well, I'm going to Mississippi. Mississippi, here I come. You're listening to Good Things with Rebecca Turner. Well, I'm going to Mississippi. Mississippi, here I come. Bringing you the good stories of Mississippi's people, places, and things to do. Now, now, here's Rebecca. Good afternoon, Super Talk Mississippi. You're tuned into your radio happy hour. That's the good things. I'm your host, Rebecca Turner. We've got Rhino in studio today. Now, don't forget, you can listen to good things. We are streaming live over at supertalk.fm. We're also streaming from the Super Talk Mississippi app. And, of course, you can always find us, too, on your local Super Talk Mississippi radio station. And you can watch us. We are on your computer or your mobile device. Just head on over to supertalktv.com. You'll see I have a studio full today. We're all going to be talking about STEM and robotics, which is one of my favorite things to to talk about. We got Steve. He's the director of STEM engagement of Ingenious Learning, and he's also the coach of two teams. And we've got some team members here. We've got Bennett, who's the lead programmer, and we got Jacob, who's a builder. Not Bob the Builder, but Jacob the Builder. <laughs> I got you a new nickname. Okay, I appreciate you guys coming. Steve, I am, as a mom of two, uh, my kids have not yet made it through the system far enough to really get into the robotics teams and all, but I'm super excited that that's available. I would have been all over that uh, when I was a student. So when you try to describe STEM in terms of competition or turning it into competition to parents, how do you pitch that? How do you get them to understand what you guys are doing? So I I basically try to let them understand that it's unlike other competitions where it's very competitive. These STEM competitions that we go to specific for robotics through the organization called FIRST um, is is more of a – bringing like-minded individuals together to be able to compete. We'll we'll go to competitions where you'll have other teams that are struggling and you'll have team members from my my group will actually go help them so we can all compete on the same playing level and the same playing field. So it's 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 um like camaraderie of, of just kids coming together, you know, to to help each other to learn. It's so it's not even even though someone may not make it as far as you, you will still cheer them on and, and try to help them through because in the end they're all learning and they're all progressing. You, you, you cheer for the coaches. You cheer for the other team members. Um, and, and then you try to help them. And then we've, just like today, we, we do outreach. We outreach with other teams too. We've helped other teams through their struggles, through programming problems, through um, through building issues. Um, so we there's definitely other things that we do to try to help bring everybody together and we're not we're just one of about 40 teams within the state and that's growing from what i can tell every year it feels like that the robotics competitions or um i guess it's, and there, are, are there other competitions within stem steve or is it all pretty much right now like robot robotics led so ours specifically is robotics there's two main robotics um if you will umbrellas or or organizations out there 
Uh, one being what we, we what we compete under is called First. It's all capital letters. If you Google it, uh, just do First Robotics, and you'll 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 see it. And um, we do First Tech Challenge, which is uh, the tier below it. We're still large robots. Then there's another organization called Vex. They're very similar. Um, some schools can do it. Um, some schools cannot due to funding. So we're a community team. But I know there's probably other STEM related competitions out there. But ours is the ones that we compete in is specifically robotics, and those are the two two largest ones that I know of on a, on a global um, um, stage, so to speak, because when we compete, um, when they were in the lower level, when we did Lego Robotics, which was still under first, uh, we were we had the, the fort, we were fortunate to go to what they call Worlds, which is kind of like Nationals, but it's it's for um, teams throughout the world, and that was in Houston, Texas, and and they got to collaborate and work with and compete against teams from all over the, you know, the country and the world. So it was, it was really neat. So first is a large global organization and so is VEX. Uh, but they also, they both bring similar but different um, um, things in the, how they approach robotics. But uh, in the end, it's still, you know, trying to to educate our children in, in a technical uh, arena so they can have good hands-on practice and applications of, of bring, being, being able to bring what they're learning to life. And a little friendly competition never hurts anything. That's right. Bennett, you're lead programmer. What team are you lead programmer for? Oh, well, the team's name is actually Are You Serious? It's a joke. We got it from a Christmas ca- uh, movie, actually. Uh, most of the older generation will know uh, Griswold's family Christmas yes. vacation. That's what we got it from because they're sitting around the dinner table. Clark's talking about seeing Santa Claus overhead. You better get to bed soon so you can get Christmas presents. Cousin Eddie goes, are you serious, Clark? So as a little homage, we said, well, that should be the name. That's a funny joke. The older people will think it's real funny. We also named our bot when we build it. We always name it Clark after the movie. Oh, I love that. I love that little added to it. And having the inside jokes helps build the team, too. But as a lead programmer, what do you, what's your job? Like, What's your specific duties to the team? So as the lead programmer, I work obviously with the other programmers on the team. There's two more. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them just um, transferred over to another section of the team. But we focus on making sure that whatever the technical aspects that the builders, Jacob and Ethan and them, work on, we make sure that it runs properly so when we get to the competition season, we get to the competition day, the bot is actually running. Because when we compete, there are two separate portions that you compete with. One, the bot has to do whatever you tell it to do based off of programming. Nobody's allowed to touch any controls. The second half is driven by the robot drivers. We program their controllers and make sure that they are actually able to compete properly and do whatever the challenge is this year. So did you start out as a builder? Is it kind of like a progression as you go through school, or is it just sort of where your skills best fit? Uh, it's a skill best fit thing. We let When we have people come and try out for the team, we have them try out, make sure they fit with the people on the team, and then we let them – uh, come and try out the different sections of the team builders, programmers, stuff like that. See what they think their interests would be. And we've had people, like I said, transfer over to other departments because they just didn't weren't feeling programming or they weren't feeling building. They would transfer over. I know a couple years ago, a buddy of mine, he was on the team with me, and he started out as a builder, but he was better at technological aspects, so he transferred over to the programming aspects. So, Jacob, you are a builder which I think I've given you a new nickname, or you're at least going to have a new soundtrack (laughs) after this. You probably don't even know who Bob the Builder is. You can go and look it up. Um, But, okay, so which team are you a builder for? Uh, I'm a builder for Team 16151, which is the number system that they uh, go through to register teams in first. 
Um, and so that's always how we introduce ourselves. Um, but yes, uh, are you serious? So what led you to wanting to do ro- the robotics team? Because I know this isn't, this is, you both go to Brandon, but this isn't a Brandon school. This is a community one. So how did you get involved with robotics in terms of competition? Uh, yeah, like, uh, so growing up uh, at Brandon and the Brandon system, uh, you have a gifted learning program called Venture. Uh, it goes from second through eighth grade. Well, if you go through the program, when you get to the fifth grade year, you are actually able to do the Lego robotics competition for a year. So our venture teacher, Ms. Mabus, uh, she has all these parts, and she gets the board each year, and we make legit teams, and we go and compete in these. And so we did it, and Bennett's a year older than I am. And so him and another guy on our team named Ethan were on there, I guess it would have been 20 17, 2016, somewhere 2018, around there. I think, was yeah. the first year. Maybe 2017. Somewhere around there. Anyway, uh, they competed, and they actually, as a school team, ended up going advancing to Worlds. Um, and they enjoyed it. They loved it. Mr. Steve was the dad on the team, and he he loved it, and he wanted to uh, continue it once he found out that the school, like, it, it didn't continue after fifth grade. So he created the teams that we have now. And anyway, I went through that same program, and I fell in love with it. And Mr. Steve and a couple of people from his new team came and helped my class. And, I mean, I just instantly fell in love with all of the robotics, every single aspect of it. And I was, like, I was I was making deals with Mr. Steve, talking about, like, my dad can do construction <laughs> stuff. My mom's a planner. I'm just awesome. Like, I was I was hyping myself. I was giving myself a lot of uh, – I was making myself look good to him. And uh, thankfully, actually, as a birthday present, he invited me on the team. That's awesome. And I love, too, that, Jacob, you, I think you play football. Bennett, you do show choir. So both of you are in other curricular activities that require a lot of time, but yet you still can do something like the robotics team. And, Steve, you're shaking your head because I think a lot of parents feel like once they start getting past, uh, you know, into middle school and on – all these activities take up a lot of time. We lose some of those other micro opportunities, which it feels like robotics fits in. What is the, I guess, season? What's the season for robotics? Sure. So the season starts, it starts right about the beginning of September. We we typically start right now for the next season. When the season ends, we, we start trying to do some of our outreach and we start trying to get uh, some of our skill sets up. He might start working on some more programming and, and try to fill in gaps where we failed or, or uh, see some struggles from last year. And, and he'll start brainstorming of years past now that he's got several years under him and say, all right, we, we kind of see what, what, what we know to have happened. We know we're going to need a lift system or we're going to need certain things. And they'll start looking at that, maybe pre-buying things. But the season itself doesn't start till about September, and, and it usually runs till about March. Um, that's typically when our state competition is. And you, out of the 40 teams that we have, usually about 16 to 24 teams will get a bid to, get bid to state, which is actually uh, held uh, at Ole Miss uh, through the Center of Math and Science Excellence, a CMSE, uh, our uh, affiliate partner for it through for FIRST as uh, Mr. Manny Lowe. Um, is a wonderful person, and they do an excellent job promoting the the, the first and along with um, getting everything set up throughout the state. We will actually be hosting an event at Brandon High School. Which we will talk about yep. and some upcoming summer opportunities coming up next. Okay.
upbeat, positive, and stories that make you smile. This is Good Things with Rebecca Turner on Super Talk Mississippi, the Super Talk app, and at supertalk.fm. Good things. Don't forget, we are streaming live over at supertalk.fm. We're also streaming from your Supertalk Mississippi app. And of course, you can always find us too on your local Supertalk Mississippi radio station. We're continuing our conversation with STEM and robotics and competition and all things fun with that. We've got Steve. He's the director of STEM engagement of Ingenious Learning. He's also the coach of several teams here um, in the central Mississippi area. But Steve, you are a full-time engineer. I am. You're a dad and you're a volunteer coach. What led you to starting something else on the side? Yes, to, to kind of piggyback off of what Jacob was saying earlier. So my son also was in Ms. Mavis's venture class at Brandon L. And when they started doing uh, first Lego League robotics, um, I jumped in to help out. And I was like, man, this is this is awesome. This is awesome. I love it. And I, and I helped them out, got them, you know, was able to bring some engineering concepts to them, engineering design process, things of that nature. And then when they went to sixth grade, they no longer offered that style of competition. They did have Project Lead the Way and other things that the kids can get plugged into. But they didn't offer first and continue those robotics uh, competitions. So what we did is uh, myself with uh, several other uh, parents said, hey, we'll start a team. And I said, I'll, I'll coach it. I'll house it at my house. And that's what we did. So we, we, we did the Lego robotics for probably two more years until uh, my son was in seventh grade. And then Jacob joined, I think, his sixth grade year. And then after that, we were like, okay, we enjoy the Legos, but we're ready to take it to the next level. And we moved up to what they call First Tech Challenge, where the, the bots are more – they're 18 inches by 18 inches, and they're all – they can either be fabricated or built – they're bolted together or welded together. Well, they're more more bolted together. You can fabricate your own parts, 3D print. If you have a CNC, you can do a lot of those things yourself. But uh, And then we, we compete now on a 12-foot by 12-foot playing field where before it was a 4-foot by 8-foot um, basically plywood table. And that you have a mat that you compete on with the Lego. And now it's a 12-foot by 12-foot foam mat. And you're competing with three other robots on the field at the same time. Like Bennett said, the first 30 seconds is completely autonomous, so you have to write a program to achieve certain goals autonomously. And then the last two minutes is driver period where we have Jacob and Ethan, who are our driver and our gunner, that they actually control the robot to score as many points as possible. And it's it's completely point-based. So when we talk about robots, everybody's always like, oh, like BattleBots. And it's like, it is nothing like BattleBots. Uh, it's it's definitely uh, more engaging for the kids because it gives them a good learning environment. But uh, that's kind of where it, it all stemmed from um, and, and why we continue to grow. Being an engineer, I saw the need to be able to help bridge the gap um, um, between you know what's within the educational system and real world, and and I know it's hard to get engineers mm-hmm. to go into the classroom, right? It's I, I know for myself it would be hard, but and, it, and it's it's hard for teachers I think to understand exactly what's actually out in industry. Uh, so I was hoping that I could help bridge that gap is what I was looking to try to do, and and we we've succeeded with definitely the the community team and the kids that we have on. A, a lot of them aspire to be engineers or go into some sort of technical. Um, uh, um, degree. Steve, if someone's listening to good things and thinks, oh my gosh, we need one of these communities, uh, teams in, in our area. Maybe they are an engineer or no one or would just like more information. Where could they go just to get good information on starting a team? Sure. The first thing you can do is you can look Google search first robotics. 
uh, and just literally like that, and it'll, it'll pull up their main website. But if you want to talk to someone locally or someone within the state, you, they can reach out to me at steve at ingeniouslearning.com. That's with an N, right? So in and then geniuslearning.com. Or um, you can even search up um, CMSE, First Robotics, and then CMSE, Center for Math and Science Excellence, out of Oxford. Uh, Manny Lowe is the affiliate partner for First. So, he, again, he's the one that helps coordinate and organize all the, all the um, competitions, the meets that we have throughout the fall, uh, along with the state competition. So he is when we register the teams, he he's the one that knows who's paid, who hasn't paid, and who's actually going to be competing for the season. And um, so either one of those methods, because I'll be glad to be able to help other people start their own teams, absolutely. And Bennett, y'all are starting to branch out and do your own events. So tell us about the event you guys are trying to put together. Yeah, so in first – you want to be able to – the whole point is to obviously introduce STEM to other people. It's not really to win. It's to learn to introduce it to other people, like I said previously. So by hosting our own event, we'll be hosting one at Brandon High School. And what we'll be doing is we will be hosting a competition at Brandon High School. The Are You Serious team will be the volunteers. They're running it. Basically, the people in charge of it will make sure that it runs smoothly so that everybody can compete and learn through STEM and FIRST. Which I think, when's that going to happen? That'll be in December. So, like I said, our, our our season doesn't start till September. And I think it'll be first or second week in December is when it, when it will be. This summer you do have a few camps for at least families that are here centrally. What do those look like? Sure, yes. We have two STEM camps through Ingenious Learning going to be hosted at Brandon High School uh, the week of June 5th through the 9th and the week of the 12th through the 16th. It's for grades going into first and into fifth. Um, and we basically, it'll just be a general camp to get kids engaged in STEM uh, and STEM learning. So there'll be a lot of hands-on activities, uh, things for them to do. That we, we, we've This will be about the third year that we've done it because of COVID. We kind of lapsed a year there. Um, but this will be the third year that we've hosted it at the Brandon High School. And it's, uh, it's usually a really good turnout of it. The kids typically usually really enjoy it um, and we usually hear nothing but good things from the parents throughout the week as the kids are coming back that that's all they talk about so but uh, if any if there's kids within that age group um, it's it'll run eight to twelve uh, during those two weeks and, and the camp is the same both weeks so if you can't get in the first week you could actually get in the second week either or you won't be missing anything if you if you can't get in one or the what? other Jacob, speak to the parents who may have uh, students or kids who are big into their other sports, right? Like, will you do football or baseball or basketball or for girls softball or whatever it may be and think, oh, this is going to take away from that or this is going to impede on that. But you're able to juggle both. How, how are you doing that or and is it possible? Uh, yes, it's actually very possible. Um, so with, uh, like Bennett was saying, we have our different parts of the teams and now, overall, we do we all meet as the whole team on Sundays during the season. Um, but throughout the week and closer to competitions, we'll start individually, like by our groups meeting a couple times during the week. So maybe builders and drivers will come in on like a Tuesday, programmers on a Thursday, um, outreach teams will come in, you know, Wednesdays or something. Um, but like I know that a lot of uh, you know, travel teams, the baseball, soccer, um, and a lot of just uh, sports that take up a lot of time. They're very time consuming. I'm I'm fully aware football practices are um, very constant year round. Um, so, 
a lot they of love that. it, you can make it work. Yes, it's it's very possible with that. So what do you guys sit back and talk about? Do y'all just try to figure out what you want Clark to do, which is your was your robot? Do y'all just like send messages like we want him to be able to do X, Y, and Z? How do we figure it out? Or do you look at the other teens and go, oh, they did that, so we've got to one-up it? Okay, so as uh, Dad had said earlier, when the season starts in September, they send out this mass session that's like a zoom or they'll send out a bunch of videos usually they got in-person meetings as well and it's the kickoff ceremony so they kick off the start of the season they tell you what you need to achieve at these competitions with your bot as soon as that day's over we go to the drawing board we have whiteboards at the house where we meet up to write down what we want our bot to achieve we look at previous seasons what people have achieved with previous builds with previous coding concepts as well as our previous mistakes that we've learned from we create and build based off of those and also what we're told we need to achieve in the season this year what are y'all hoping to achieve next year jacob for this coming up year well uh i'd say that we're shooting for about as high as you can shoot we're, we're wanting to go to world this year we've been we've been mighty close past couple years um, including last year, we got second overall in the state, which we were very, very happy with ourselves for getting as far as we did and um, getting that award, and we were very proud of ourselves. Um, but this year we're going to come into it, and you know we know we were right there on the cusp last year. This year we're just going to go, and we're going to we, we we have a confident mindset. We we know what we have to do to get there, and that's what we're going for. That's really cool. I think that's so neat. So where is Clark? Not here. <laughs> you shut up, Rock Clark. I thought that would have been so that could have been really Clark cool. Clark probably would not have fit on the table. Clark is an eighteen by eighteen by eighteen squared robot. He's metal fabricated with a little bit of plastic on there. He sits like that big for people seeing in person. And it is heavy. He's about forty five, fifty pounds of pure metal. Um, but he is a lot of fun to build, a lot of fun to control, a lot of fun to actually see it run, and the stickers that we put on there from time to time. It has to be cool to create the code and then build it and then push the button and then see it work. Oh, there's no greater feeling than actually seeing all the countless hours. Because um, I know between Jacob and I, we probably put 200 hours into our bot. And doing that, uh, it's just there's no greater feeling than seeing something that you've worked on for so long finally do what you want it to do and come to life. So I wish you the best. We will be following you on the next year, obviously, especially if you guys make it to World. We appreciate your time here on Good Things. Steve, real quick, how do we find Ingenious Learning? So you just go you find us on Facebook at Ingenious. Just search up Ingenious Learning on Facebook, or you can go to our website, IngeniousLearning.com. And, again, that's N for Ingenious Learning, not uh, I am so so. This won't be the last time we talk about you guys. I am sure. I'm. Are you serious? Yes. No. I'm not. This is not going to be the last time that we talk to you guys. But all right, stick with us. We got more for you up next. And cold beer on a Friday night. A pair of jeans that fit just right. And the radio up. A lot to see sunrise. See love in my woman's eyes. Feel the touch of my precious child. And no mother's love. Rebecca Turner. She looks healthy and sane. Good Things with Rebecca Turner continues on Super Talk Mississippi.
Ariel, listen to me. The human world, it's a mess. Life under the sea is better than anything they got up there. <laughs> yeah, the Little Mermaid. If you're just tuning into Good Things, it is a Friday, so that means we've got Tanya back in the house to talk uh, movie. She was out last week because she was having uh, celebrating a graduation, so that go okay? Yes, I survived. Congratulations, and that's high school graduation. Yes, high school. So it's your first one out the door. Yep, it's it's a weird feeling. It really is, but it was all great. Great, lots of family came, and so it's just a special time. And then, how much longer till your next one? Four years. So basically reboot. Yeah, if everything goes as it should, I'll have one graduating college and high school the same year. That's what we can all um, hope for. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so movies, though. We've had two weeks, so there's been a lot going on. Obviously, The Little Mermaid is what Rhino let us in with. How's that doing? Have you seen it? Yeah, I did get to see it last night, and um, it is so good. Now, I will say, when the animated movie came out many years ago, my niece was of the age. This was before I was married, before I had my own kids. Uh, she was obsessed. And I feel like I saw it no less than a 100 times. It was like on a co- constant loop, you know. Uh, but I did go watch it again last night or yesterday afternoon on Disney Plus before I went to the theater to see the new one. And um, there are some changes, which I think have, has been out there in the media but I loved it. I thought it was really, really well done. Um, I think the choice to have Halle Bailey as the new Ariel was unbelievably smart. She not only, I mean, every aspect of her performance, her voice, uh, her acting, I mean, just everything. She was just the perfect Ariel. Um, so anyway, we all know the story. Mm-hmm. You know, Ariel is the mermaid who doesn't want to stay underwater she she likes humans and she wants to go see what's on the other side of the water and um she strikes a deal with the evil sea witch and that's kind of our story Does she do as well with ursula as everyone's saying she did yes oh my gosh melissa mccarthy was so good and um I did not know she could sing she's got an amazing voice uh so it's fun to hear her uh, sing Poor Unfortunate Souls. We all know that song. Um, but yeah, I mean, she was, I, I'm fascinated now. I want to go and watch some of the behind the scenes stuff to see how they pulled all this off, which I've seen some interviews and they said they spent about half of their time on wires, you know, making motions as if they're in, in the, the water and then half their time they were actually in water. They filmed in a small little, um, coastal area in Italy, not a bad place to be. Not a place to be uh, place to work. for a few months, and of course you have a lot of voices lended to the movie. Uh, Jacek, I mean Jacob Tremblay plays Flounder, vo- uh, the voice of Flounder. Um, the Sebastian voice is Davy Diggs from Hamilton fame. Um, Aquafina is playing Scuttle, and in the original animated movie, Scuttle was a seagull. In this one. Um, Scuttle is a diving bird because he or she has got scenes underwater. So they had to do a little change on that. Um, but one of the fun things that I did not expect 
is there's a couple of new songs. Um, you've got your classics, like A Whole New World, of course. Um, but there's a couple of new ones, and I am one of those people that when I first hear a song, I may kind of like it, but I have to listen to it a second time before I, it kind of resonates with me. But these songs I loved instantly, and when the credits rolled, I figured out why um, Lin-Manuel Miranda wrote them, so, co-wrote them. So, um, you know, he does no wrong in my book. Uh, <laughs> but uh, one of them is a new song for Ariel. Um, when she first gets her um, human legs, she's singing a song in her head, and it's a really good one. But the the one that I think steals the show is Prince Eric sings a song called Uncharted Waters. And I feel certain come this fall, every middle school talent show, this song is going to be sung. I think it's going to be the new hit. I could be wrong, but that's what I'm predicting. So it's worth going to see. Definitely. And what pleased me so much, when I went to see it yesterday, it was just lots of families. The theater was full, which I go to a lot of Thursday shows, and they're usually not full, and this one was. So I feel like it's going to be really successful this weekend so you've got that for the families which else you got yeah so and if you want to go a, probably a good date night movie it's uh you hurt my feelings is oh. the name of the movie <laughs> now this one is it's rated r date. <laughs> uh, it is rated r so it's for the grown-ups but julia louis dreyfus plays a very famous author um who um is married to a teacher who's very well liked. They're happily married. They both are thriving in their careers, uh, have great kids. You know, everything is perfect until one day she's working on a new book and he, she overhears him telling a friend that he doesn't like the book. And so she feels betrayed because her she feels like her husband's been lying to her all these years. You know, what else does he not like? Um, so it's a comedy, but it's, uh, you know, just one of those interesting movies, you know, when you think somebody really supports what you do and you find out they really don't don't. Yeah. <laughs> and um, it is a kind of a short one. Um, it's about an hour and a half. Um, and I will say Little Mermaid's two hours and 15 minutes. So they did add some extra to it. extra with the new songs, some additional plot, uh, you know, like they stretched out the the courtship of Prince Eric and Ariel a little bit, which is good. Um, all great. But just keep that in mind if you're used to seeing the quick, quicker animated version. If you've got littles, you, you know, just keep in mind it's a little bit longer. But those are really the only two big new releases this weekend. Uh, Fast X came out last weekend. Um, I have not seen it. I probably will not see it. Come on now. <laughs> Somehow I have missed such a realistic yeah. uh, car show <laughs> that you'd have to see it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then there is one more out this weekend, limited. Uh, it's called About My Father. And... um Anyway, it's uh, Maris Calco. I'm blanking out on the name. A very well-known comedian is in it. Um, and um, anyway, right around the corner, we've got June, and we've got some big stuff. Um, the the big one coming out the first weekend of June is Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, which is the animated um, movies. 
Um, and then the next weekend, you've got Transformer, uh, Rise of the Beasts, and it just every weekend keeps going. Yeah. But this weekend, you still have, do you still have Mario Brothers and Marvel? Yeah. Those are both still out there. So if you, it, this is a great long weekend to catch up. I know May is so busy. So, um, if you've missed anything, um, those it are still like, there. Man, the family movies are really, taken like or on point like if you can't get into one like if you show up and they're sold out it feels like maybe you'll be able to snag another one yeah there's a lot of good stuff out right now the only complaint i have about little mermaid haven't seen it yet is just through the whatever sebastian whoever came up with his animated version of the original animated i'm like he don't look nothing like the original to me yeah he and flounder both look a lot different but you know, I've seen pictures of them, and I was like, "Ew!" But when you see them in the movie, to me, it's much it more, makes more sense. Yeah, I, I think you just have this. I mean, such an iconic, like Sebastian. He, he's almost lovable. Like you wanted to hug him, and the yeah. new one feels a little more. Again, I haven't gotten to know him because I hadn't seen yeah. it yet. <laughs> but I, I was like, he feels very like rough edges. Yeah, I needed him to be a little a little softer. I think he'll win you over. Uh, there's an, another new song that he and um, Scuttle, it's a little duet with a little rap in there of course because Lin-Manuel Miranda uh, is known for that style. That's uh, really cute. I think their casting for Scuttle was perfect too. Even, oh yeah. I think once you, once you hear the the voice and then the squawking or whatever you in the personality even though scuttle was a whatever i mean i feel like I, I i'm excited to see it yeah i think you'll enjoy it do you think the little like do you think ej will make it through it or enjoy or be she love like mario like you know she's singing for princess peach so i mean we, oh, yeah. we loved we loved mario do you think she, it would be the same in keeping her attention i think so um now we'll warn um just like the animated version at the end um ursula gets pretty scary so you know yeah. I, you just have to watch that make sure that's not going to scare her close your eyes yeah <laughs> but she did mario was the first uh, movie that she she sat through was engaged with came away still sort of talking about it so i was hoping to be able to take the girls to see the little mermaid i think that would be a good one for sure all righty you guys uh stick with us you got plenty to get out there and see tanya thank you for your time and we got a little bit more coming up next Rebecca Turner. She's smart and pretty. Good Things with Rebecca Turner continues on Super Talk Mississippi. Worked all week, got it all done. Let's make a Tennessee River. Run. 
Welcome back to Good Things. Don't forget, you can watch us. We are on computer, your mobile device. Just head on over to supertalktv.com. And our Super Talk Mississippi news team is covering your Mississippi stories. So stay up to date. Sign up for our free weekly newsletter at supertalk.fm slash newsletter. And I was today years old, Rhino, when I learned a little hack or a little trick to put in your bird feeder to keep the squirrels away. So my husband has become a personally, I guess, um, offended. Can I say it that way? By the squirrels in our new neighborhood. They are, they are, they are beefy and they're strong and they're hungry and they can bust through a normal bird feeder and make the little hole wider and just help themselves, which aggravates the bejesus out of, out of my husband. And he would have squirrel stew for eternity, but we really would be having squirrels too for eternity because it feels like our neighborhood is also a squirrel sanctuary and they're everywhere. So if you kill, it's not like a squirrel is doing it and then the next squirrel. So apparently though, if you add a little cayenne pepper to your bird seed, it will help keep squirrels under control. So birds apparently can't taste spicy and it can be good for them, but squirrels can't stand not only the smell, but also the taste. And can you imagine being a squirrel going up for the first time and getting a big old bite of cayenne pepper out of your out of your bird feeder? <laughs> I would I would want to be I just need I would need all of the action sort of behind it. And so, yeah, I thought that it's worth we're try, we're going to try it, which he invested and investigated and uh, found some squirrel feeders. I mean, not squirrel feeders, bird feeders. That supposedly have our squirrel protected. So, or maybe we should just get some squirrel feeders and then have a buffet for the squirrels and then maybe leave the bird feeders alone. So, did you grow up with bird feeders at all? Uh, not really. I mean, my, my parents' house had a pretty decent sized yard with a bunch of trees in it. So, we had lots of squirrels and birds and the occasional stray dog would walk through the yard or, Every once in a while, you'd have a deer pop up, and it's like, where did that come from? How did it get in the yard? But no, uh, not really many bird feeders. I mean, in the last decade or so, there have been the occasional hummingbird feeder pop up so that it would entertain the wonder nieces. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, didn't grow up with bird feeders outside. Now, I did grow up with parakeets. I had a parakeet, and my little brother had a parakeet. Okay. And uh, we weren't very good parakeet parents as as kids. You're supposed to, they're, they're a little bit more care intensive than a fifth grader should probably be given the responsibility for. But you remember them, and they made oh yeah. <clears throat> well, my dad um, actually embraced his squirrels more than the bird feeders when he started to realize that. And we used to buy bird, um, squirrel feeders, and then also you could used to could get the corn on a string or whatever it was. And then back in the day, before you had like any kind of cool video, he would set up the uh, camcorder to sort of go because he would sit and watch and then turn it on. And then you could watch them swing around on it and just kind of have like a field day trying to eat the corn off and then hold on to it and just make it like a ton of fun. And of course, a lot of the fun videos too of the squirrels who there's some they make apparently that if you, if they catch on to it, it spins. So they're not able to sort of, uh, I guess control it to be able to eat, which is one way, but also lends to just entertainment from it. And squirrels are 
they are entertaining little creatures. They are, they deserve their own Netflix show. <laughs> of all the things we talked about. Narrated by Morgan Freeman. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I feel like they're just different personalities. They're high strung. They're stressed out. But then yet they have the best time. I don't know. I well, mean, bringing it full circle to Disney movies, do you remember the sword and the stone? I remember the story. I don't know if I remember the whole. Well, that was that was one of the movies that I had growing up. And there's a scene in that movie where they get transformed into squirrels. And they're running around for their lives. And it, it had an impact because it was a funny scene. Yes, it is funny. I feel like they live very, again, high strung, but fun lives. Like the world is always going to end, but yet take the bull by the horns and enjoy the moment. Like it's they live in two different sort of and sort of mindsets. And in a lot of places, they feel very comfortable with themselves because they're obviously not being (laughs) well managed because they can't, whether they're in the city or you just can't do that in that particular neighborhood. And so they tend to take over and which my husband says, you think it's funny now until they start eating things that you want don't want them to eat which is that's lethal. when you get a pellet rifle it's it's less than lethal you're 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 gonna have to work really hard to actually injure the squirrel but it's gonna tick them off i don't want to take off the squirrel i just don't want to take off my husband so <laughs> you're gonna have maybe to you get him a pellet rifle <laughs> maybe i feed him guyanne i don't know <laughs> <laughs> All right, stick with us. we got more up next. you got the boys with Sports Talk from 3 to 6. Rhino and I will meet you back here next week at 2. But until then, I hope you all find time for the good things. Talk Mississippi Media Production.